Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society podcast. This week, I have the privilege of talking to my friend Jesse from Hellbent Holler. Uh, And this is just a fun chat about all crazy stuff to do with Dogman and survival out in the woods. And uh, you're really going to enjoy this one for sure. So sit back, relax, get something to drink and eat or just eat or whatever you want to do. And enjoy my interview with Jesse from Hellbent Holler. All right. Well, welcome back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Uh, You may be noticing that this is not a live show like it used to be, but that's all right. We're going back to the pre-recorded format. It allows me to uh, focus a little bit more on the interview itself. Uh, Also, Another thing we're bringing back too, you may remember, is there used to be the Bigfoot Society After Dark portion of the show where the guest stays for a little bit longer after the main podcast. So we are bringing that back. So if you were wanting to hear uh, our guest uh, a little bit more after the main interview, uh, we will be having that up on the Patreon. Uh, you can help support the podcast. It's patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society, and uh, you can hear that extra uh, interview um, from uh, from now on. So uh, pretty exciting there as well. Uh, also, definitely check that out. We have a, a special design collab that we did with uh, Keep On Creeping On and uh, some special merch t-shirt, uh, tote bag sticker. Uh, you can get that if you're a uh, subscriber to the Patreon and uh, gets uh, sent to you from Patreon after three months. So pretty cool thing. Uh, the link will be in the show notes for that too. But excited for this uh, interview we have tonight. We have uh, a good friend, uh, Jesse from Hellbent Holler. And uh, we're going to go ahead and bring her on. And um, yeah, we will start from there. So... Hello, Jesse. How's it going? Hi, Jeremiah. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, and uh, d- I forgot to ask, this is terrible of me, but uh, do you prefer to go by uh, Jesse? Yeah, I just okay, go by Jesse. Perfect. Yeah. perfect, perfect. Uh, so you have a very interesting uh, backstory and I'll kind of do the, uh, we'll start with a shortened version of that. So you started out uh, down in New Orleans in Louisiana in all sorts of high strangeness down there. And then you made your way up to the Appalachian area right. uh, with your partner, Joe, who's a 
awesome guy as well. He's very cool. Um, and now you're doing a thing called Hellbent Holler, which is uh, it's so, so cool. You're out in the woods, you're going after things like dog man, but it's also got a survival aspect to it too. You're showing off your gear and it's just, it's such a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how did, how did the inspiration for Hellbent Holler come, come about? What was that? So I'm originally from Western North Carolina. Um, I, I'm from Haywood County, North Carolina, um, outside of the Pisgah National Forest. Mm. And I, a lot of my family has always been involved in sort of like grady witchery. And it's always been kind of like the paranormal and the supernatural has always been a, a part of my life and always been an aspect of my life. Um, and it's it just was commonplace with our family and everything like that. Um, when I got when I when I went to college, I went to New Orleans and I was in New Orleans for about 10 years. Um, and I always say that I spent more time in cemeteries than I spent at home. So, um, <laughs> That's funny. you know, there's all that history and all the really weird, creepy stuff and supernatural and everything. Um, ghosts and vampires and legends of all kinds of Rougarou and all these things oh, yeah. down in New Orleans. So that was a big part of my life there. And um, I knew a lot of Santerian priests and voodoo priestesses wow. and everything like that. And I kind of ran with a, with a strange crowd as it was. So um, when we decided to leave New Orleans and move back up to the Southern Appalachian region, um, it just, it kind of naturally flowed that way. Um, it's, it was something that's always been a part of my life, the paranormal. And, um, we just started hiking a lot and camping a lot. We've always both been into survival and, you know, prepper kind of stuff and survivalism and guns and knives. And so, um, it's just, it, Helmet Holler was just a way that we kind of put everything and all of our interests together. And because they, they interconnect very, very well. Um, because if you're out in the woods doing cryptid research or like I, I do all kinds of paranormal research, but it's always in the woods. Um, mm. And so I, I don't think anything is limited to say this is, you know, just a cryptid or something like that. I think these woods can be haunted too. Um, oh, so interesting. Hellbent Holler was a way for me to kind of put everything together that were my interests and my passions and things that I was really into and actually go out and hunt for these things and investigate these things and um, kind of make a thing of it. And we started filming and um, the rest is history. We, it's uh, it's we really cool. Um, it, it, we want to definitely mention that you guys have an awesome uh youtube channel where uh the viewers can actually follow along with you as you're going out uh to these uh looking for the dog man and and things like that and it's very cool very well done uh it's definitely on my subscribe list everyone should check that out um i had a, a question come in over instagram okay uh, from what rev underscore werewolf who's a cool dude um but he's curious uh where are there any goals you can share that hellbent holler has for for this 2022 year anything uh cool you guys have planned that you're trying to pull off 
we... he's trying to he's trying to get some stuff out of you so okay like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah of course he is um yes actually we have a few things planned um so what we've been doing is we have a research area that we've been going to we go to we're there every week we are in our research area every week um and that's what we do on an ongoing basis because it's a very very active area um and a lot of my videos actually come from that area and it's almost okay. a it's over seventeen thousand acres and it's very wow. remote um and it's actually it's on the dark skies map and everything it's a very strange place and it's it's been kind of an ongoing project for us to be doing that so we do that every week we're there um but we are also planning on some other excursions. Um, we're mm. making a return to the land between the lakes oh, yeah. um, very soon. So we are really, really looking forward to that. Um, I don't know if you saw the videos that I put out from our first excursion to the land between the lakes, but we actually got a really, really amazing thermal image while we were there. There's some um, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually done a lot more research since we got home and we're like, we've got to go back. We absolutely have to go back. Um, the land between the lakes is such a strangely haunting place. Um, mm. It kind of doesn't want you to leave. Um, we were there for, we were there for four or five days and it was just, we were just both like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home. I don't want to leave. It was just, we were like, we have to come back. So we're going to be making that trip very soon. Um, I am not going to say exactly when we're going to be there, uh, mm -hmm. but I will let everybody know when we get back. That's um, awesome. So there will be another, there will be another hell, hell holler land between the lakes excursion. Oh, very cool. Um, in addition to that, I've got a few uh, abandoned ghost towns that are in very, very remote parts of the Appalachian mountains that we are going oh, wow. to. Um, we are looking at some caves. We are looking at a bunch of different things. Um, I'm looking to do a series on uh, Cherokee little people. So that okay. should be fun. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've got a lot of things that are kind of in the works. We're in the planning stages of a few things. Um, so, but yeah, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely going to be hitting the road a lot more this year and continuing to do our research that way. Oh man, that, that is super, super exciting. Um, do you mind if we talk about land between the lakes for, for a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I feel like, so this is where this podcast is tricky because this particular one is like all cryptozoology, right? So like you have some people that are super into Bigfoot and you right. have some people that are like super into the Van Meter visitor. Uh, and then some people that are super into Dogman. but there's a chance that there could be people that are like, uh, land between the lakes. That sounds kind of like some Lord of the Rings thing. Like, I don't get what's <laughs> good. Like, um, do you mind if we kind of chat about like, so what's the big deal with the land between the lakes? Like, where is it? And like, what exactly are we looking at there? So the land between the lakes is a large, it's a national recreation area. Um, it used to be the land between the rivers and mm. the northern part of it is in Kentucky and the southern part of it is in Tennessee. And it's about 42 miles long. Um, wow. And it used to be two rivers on either side of it. There used to be homes. Um, there's over, there's, uh, there's like uh, over a hundred cemeteries um, and there's cemeteries that they, they have been lost to time and everything like that. Um, all of these people that live there were taken off the land and kicked off to the land because they wanted to turn it into a national recreation 
area. Really? Um, the yes, the Tennessee Valley Authority um, took the land and kicked all these people out of their homes and out yeah. of their out of their communities, and they turned it into a national recreation area. Um, so it's it's a very strange. It, geographically, it's strange because it's just this long peninsula with these mm. two lakes on either side and then it's got these bays and that's the only place where you're going to find people really is these bays so you've got a main road that goes down the center and that's the trace and then you have roads that go off in each direction all the way down the trace um but they have visitor centers and all that stuff you know park rangers that kind of thing like okay that. um so the cryptid connection with the land mm -hmm. between the lakes is Allegedly, in the early 80s, there was an attack by a dog man on a family yes. that was in an RV in one of the camping areas. So this is a story that's kind of been circulating for a while. It's been kind of a big deal for a while in like the cryptid dog man community and, you know, people who know about that and the lore and the history and everything. Exactly. So recently, um, the Cryptid Studies Institute guys, Elijah Henderson, um, he had a gentleman on that claimed to be a survivor of the LBL attack is he says his name is Roger and he gave this account that he survived the attack and you know it was everything he mentioned was very accurate when it came to the lay of the land and everything like that because you hear about land between the lakes a lot and you really can't appreciate uh what the terrain looks like and what these things actually are until you go there and that's why we went we wanted to see it for ourselves and it was kind mm. of a lark um because i i didn't believe anything like dog man could exist um i kind of i thought that was a very kind of a silly concept and oh, wow. okay so we kind of went as a lark and we went to check it out and we got there and things really changed when we got there because wow. <coughs> sorry i am no also problem. I'm getting over the uh, I'm getting over that sickness that everybody's got too. Hooray! <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. So I can yeah, let's do it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was just nice to go there and get a lay of the land and really see what the terrain looks like. Like the you hear about the bunkers and all that stuff. So we mm. went and found all that. That's all in my video and everything like that. So we checked it out and did all that stuff. So we wanted to go see if there's any like validity to these claims that this occurred. So we looked at a bunch of old maps and figured out where this campground would have been based on these accounts, these old maps, all this other stuff. And it looks like there was like a campground that was purposely destroyed. Really? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good. I know it's, it's going to be like this all day. It's, this has been me for the past like four days. It's, oh uh, man. Yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so it looks like it was a campground that was like purposely destroyed. So wow. we, there like, it looks like everything got bulldozed and everything just got like, just mowed over and they cut off all the power poles and everything. So it looks yeah. like they were trying to cover something up in a way. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's so, so weird. It's I just can't get I, I didn't know that that fact where it's like they kicked people out of their homes and towns just to make a just a recreation area. Like that's nuts. 
that's like heartless you know like people oh, well, are living I, that, there um, that ha that happens all the time i mean you know eminent domain is is oh, that's true that's true I mean, iowa they, farmers know about that yeah right i mean when they when they started the national parks and everything like that they kicked a lot of people off of that land uh great smoky mountain national park is you know there's all these abandoned like ghost towns that are just nestled in the in the mountains uh wow. we've been to a couple of them but there's just whole communities that have been just you know uprooted and kicked off the land for these parks and everything i mean it's it it's it's i guess it's for the greater good you know um because these these are national treasures you know and we have to preserve this land but it does you know it is a terrible thing that they had to do yeah. that to those people so you know it is but at the like one side of me wants to be like yeah. yeah like national parks are beautiful and i'm so glad that they're around but like if i was living in one as a person and like someone kicked me out i mean geez i'd be a little uh i'd be a little ticked off but i guess that's that's the way that the uh federal government decided to do things so cool guys so that's the way that the cookie crumbles on hooray that yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. so like when you kick people off of their land like that, like even with, uh, you know, Native American removal or anything oh, like yeah, that, sure. there is, there's so much bitterness and just, you know, anger about that. These people have been taken out of their homes and mm. their, their family land has been taken from them, their heritage, their everything has been taken from them. So I think a lot of that seeps into the land and kind of creates this, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. You're good. Give me a break. One second. Yeah, this uh, this uh, this COVID is terrible. It's pretty. It's a wild ride from from what I've heard, and it's it's definitely it's no joke. Um, if oh, anyone know. has it that's listening to this, we are sending good vibes to you. I know, and sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm struggling through this because oh, you're, good. you're I, good. I I talk all day, and then I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. But um, yep. yeah, when we were at the Land Between the Lakes, we actually went to um the wildlife center and there was a young lady in the gift shop that told us that there it seems like the bitterness has sunk into the land where all these Ooh. people were were kicked off of this land and they had all of this taken from them and so i don't know if that contributes kind of to this dogman phenomenon if there's just, just anger and bitterness and everything like that if that kind of like brings it up and like feeds it and fuels it you know mm. um, it's kind of an interesting concept that these these very traumatic events for people would feed into a supernatural event, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the weirdest things is when you're walking through the woods and you, you stumble upon an old homestead or, uh, you know, I grew up in new England and you'd be walking in the woods and you'd stumble upon an old graveyard and, uh, just the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier that when you first started, looking into a uh, dog man you weren't really convinced that it was a it was a thing was there a, a an event or a situation where you're like okay maybe this is a little bit more uh real than than i was thinking before is there anything that like turned you to to actually believing in it or probably my thermal image that we captured it's uh yeah if you look at it it's at That's the good. end of my um first lbl video is and i'm not going to tell you what to think about it or what to see in it or anything like that just look at it and you know interpret what you want from it what do you see um i know that i see 
what appears to be a large canine like head that's what it, appearing over yeah from a ditch at us oh yeah so um that was really scary it was really really shocking and scary and uh it kind of tore down all the walls all at mm. once it was really scary you know oh for sure yeah i mean that's a that's a paradigm uh, change in the way you're thinking for sure to like see something like that. And then you're like, Oh man, I got to like rethink everything potentially about my life. You know, um, I'm reading through your, your bio that Joe was awesome enough to send over. Um, there were some really interesting things in there and there's uh, a line, few lines that stick out and it's like something to the effect of your, when you're looking for cryptids, you're, you're trying to see, if there's uh, uh, parallels in like Native American legends, did I get that right? Yes, um, yes. I think that's very interesting. Can you go into into um, how you approach that and what kind of things you do there? So we use a lot of um, like our source material generally for this is <clears throat> James Mooney's um, uh, History of the Cherokee. And we do a lot of like we look into Cherokee legends or Catawba legends. That's the main tribes over around this area. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> what we do is we look into these legends like that. Obviously native Americans, they were here long before we were, totally. um, they've had experience with these things. There obviously something was going on for these legends to come about. Um, even if they're cautionary, just cautionary tales. Um, <clears throat> something had to spark this and cause it to become part of their core lore. So there has mm. to be some, at least some grain of truth into some of these. Um, and, you know, like, you know, every, almost every tribe and every continent has, has Sasquatch legends, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it, it's the, it's, it's not as if they didn't know better or they, they, they were, you know, mistaken these things for other things. These things are actually, they, they knew the land better than we do. They knew the environment better than we do. And I think it's, it's, it's very wrongheaded to think that, oh, well, they just, you know, they're misinterpreting this is a, uh, this is a bear when it's actually, you know, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they oh, yeah. Mistaking a bear for a Sasquatch or something like that. So um, I think it's really, really a good spot to start with is these legends and go from there and say, all right, so what could be in this area? What is something that these First Nations peoples um, experience and what did they see? What did they encounter? You know, so I think that's a really good jumping off point for trying to explain all of the strange phenomena in these areas. That would actually make a really interesting book. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, but, yeah. um, I, I would totally read it, but, um, I, I might check out that the history of the Cherokee for sure. That sounds like yeah. an interesting book. Um, did you find in your research uh, that there were uh, parallels to the uh, the Dogman cryptid, or is it mainly like uh, Sasquatch uh, parallels that you were seeing? There's not really a lot of um, there's not a lot of like Dogman related type things in mm. Cherokee lore. Um, there are a lot of like legends of mountain witches and oh. demons and things like that. Um, and we're actually trying to go into that direction too with a couple of things. There's an area where <clears throat> uh, there's a the legend of Spearfinger. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. 
spear she, finger yeah no that that definitely does not sound like my kind of thing <laughs> this sounds kind of spooky it is so yeah. she's a um she's a a witch that lives in the mountains and has like a long stony finger on her right hand and she uses it to cut out your liver and she eats your liver and steals children so oh there's this goodness. legend of spear finger and they would tell children this you know legend don't stray too far from your family or spear finger will cut out your liver and you know take you and kill you so Yikes. i've actually figured out uh an area the area that is supposed to be the area in which this legend originated really uh, and it's in the great smoky mountain national park oh wow so <clears throat> we have a trip upcoming probably in the spring or the summer where we are going to go up and go deep into this area because it's going to be it's going to be like a 10 to 15 mile hike just to get okay. to this area because it's it's one of the most remote parts of the park um and it turns out that there's actually an abandoned settlement up there um, oh man from the or like mid mid 1800s so uh, there's a lot of cemeteries and things up there too. So it's kind of like a little bit of everything with that. But we yeah. jumped off we jumped off with the Spearfinger legend, all right, and figured out, all right, this is the area based on all the legends, all the descriptors, the mountain, this mountain, that mountain, this and that. And it turns out that there's like abandoned settlements out there. So oh, wow. uh, the, it's gonna be a lot of little elements of a little bit of everything with that. So that is so cool. Uh, and it's crazy how like i love how you can take how when you can get legends to link up with like that's where it is that's where it happened and it's real life like that just blows my mind that's yeah really really cool stuff um question about so we're gonna switch gears a little bit talking about hellbent holler and specifically you and your partner joe so it's a it's a team and you guys are awesome. Like watching the videos, it's like if I was to go out into the woods and really go, you know, into that area, I would totally want you guys with me because like you guys are prepared. You got the knives, you got the the trucks, you got you're good to go. And right. like that is amazing. I'm curious. So you're going out and like you you definitely are taking things seriously. You can tell that in the videos. Have you found that, um, that like, do you have a part that is, uh, that you're more responsible for? And like, maybe Joe has a part that he's more responsible. Do you guys have different strengths when it comes to Hellbent Holler or do you kind of just, you're pretty equal? It's, in, it's in really, regards? it's really important that you have a baseline of survival skill. That's mm. just, uh, we both have to have that baseline of survival skill. If I was a wilting little flower out in the woods and he was constantly right. having to watch my back and take care of me and all this other stuff we wouldn't get anywhere with anything so it's important that <clears throat> it's important that both of us have at least a baseline of survival skill and uh capability in the woods uh the ability to move through the woods successfully um and then on top of that we throw in that we're doing this in the middle of the night we're doing this uh while filming it yeah. So, and carrying all of this equipment. Um, so there's a lot of plates spinning with that. So just having a basic knowledge of how to move through the woods and survive in the woods and how to conduct yourself in the woods is paramount to even getting out the door with this, you know, because there's so many other elements involved in what we do that we have to have that baseline. Mm -hmm. 
but he i do a lot i do most of the filming for everything okay so he does take up more of a role of kind of watching my back but we work very well as a partnership that we both watch each other's back we have our own system of communication <clears throat> that if he tells me to do something a certain way i do it if i mm -hmm. tell him to do something a certain way he does it um yeah and i think that's that level of communication and trust that really makes it um successful when we go out into the woods uh but it, it takes time to develop that with somebody uh like oh, sure. joe and i joe and i've been together for eight years now so wow. um we've developed all of this over time and uh just being out in the woods and you know getting out there and just doing the thing is is how it develops our our kit has evolved as well as our skill set has evolved um and i think that's going to continue to evolve as we do this throughout the years i feel like uh a few people would be interested um and if could you recommend let's say if someone is like wanting to go out and like start getting out in the woods and you know checking stuff out you know they're like oh, i wish i could do that you know the, literally it's a thing they need to be prepared what's what's a good like um like beginners uh what does a beginner need to make sure that they have for going out in the woods like you guys do or do they really really need to be prepared with a ton of different equipment you don't need to come out with everything that we do we we're also yeah. we're also gear nuts we love we, yeah. we love getting like we love getting this stuff and playing with this stuff too so that's part of our our shtick as well um but i actually presented at wild and weird con in um, oh yeah 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 so um and that was the the focus of my presentation um, at Wild and Weird Con was what do you need to do to get out in the woods and get started in this kind of research? Okay. So um, basically just there's a couple of different approaches you can take. You can really, really plan it out and do all this research like we do and all this stuff, or you can just go and just go out into the woods. Mm. Um, I think it's really important that more people get out into the woods and do field research. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, sitting behind a computer and researching and reading about this is very important. Um, but there is no substitute for being in the in the woods and actually doing the work and boots on the ground, investigating and looking. And the more people we have looking into these phenomenon, the I think the closer we get to getting some kind of answer or more information or maybe even just opening up a more Pandora box, Pandora's box of more questions. But I think that's half the fun of why we do it. Um, but I, I think just getting started and just know your limitations and mm. just get started. And you can get a really cheap camera to go out with and just start, you know, we bought all of our equipment one piece at a time. We okay. buy everything ourselves. We do everything one piece at a time. Um, and we just built a kit over you know, years and it's, it's just developed and evolved as we've gone through. But well, like I said, when we started out, we started out with just a knockoff GoPro. I think it's at a Caso action cam. Okay. And that's it. Like we had our hiking stuff. We already hiked and stuff like that, but we just basic hiking equipment. And then one little camera is all we had and it developed from there. Um, but I think the most important thing you can do is just get started. Um, and I think that's always, it doesn't matter if it's, cryptid research or whatever you're doing, the hardest step is always that first step of getting started um, and just getting yourself more comfortable with being uncomfortable and 
getting out into the woods and doing this kind of research. Uh, once you start having weird things happen, it starts to get addictive and mm. you're going to keep doing it. Uh, I can't imagine not doing this kind of work. I can't imagine not doing this kind of research. It's absolutely addictive. The, the adrenaline rush of being in the middle of the woods, so, you know, miles away from civilization and you're in possibly a dangerous situation. There could be something out there that could kill you. Um, yeah. And it's your all, it's just you and your partner in the woods in the middle of the night. And it's, it's dark. It's scary. That is, that is a fun time for me. That is like the, I'm having the time of my life when I do this. So um, I think that if more people got involved doing it, they would start to have that thrill and that rush too. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think more people would really enjoy doing this. But like I said, the first step is just to get out there, just go out into the woods and just start acclimating yourself and learning and, you know, learning how to be in the woods successfully. I, I think that's a, a really important point is uh, making, yeah, making sure of uh, that you're aware of what your limitations are. Uh, maybe a flashlight, maybe a first aid kit, maybe oh, stuff yeah. like that. Maybe be aware of, uh, yeah, just like, it's like you're going hiking, but you know, being aware of like, if there's poisonous stuff, poisonous snakes in there, you know, stuff like that. And just be aware, you know, there's places, you know, REI does classes on, you know, basic oh, yeah. and everything like that. There, there, You have unlimited resources at your fingertips. I always do suggest though, um, that you get a personal locator beacon. I use oh, a Garmin okay. inReach mini, um, because if something were to happen, um, I would take that out and it's a satellite locator. Wow. I can, it, you know, it's a messenger and everything like that. I let somebody know where I'm at um, and it pings it yeah. on a satellite and on a map and everything. So we have people who always know where we're at um, at all times because okay. this is dangerous and it's being in the woods is dangerous. It really is. Um, oh, yeah. So if you get lost or injured or anything like that, um, that that help is just a button push away if it's a real wow. emergency. So um, I do suggest that. It's one of the pieces of equipment that I always suggest people get uh, early on, uh, just because if you are not alive to do cryptid research, you are not doing cryptid research. So <laughs> yeah, you have exactly. to yeah. uh, take care of your safety first. And uh, just to make sure that you can go out and, you know, do this kind of work another day. Um, so I, I always suggest that people get a personal locator beacon. That's yeah, that's re that's really good to know about, actually, because like um, I used to go hiking a lot with my dad on the Appalachian Trail. But this is like, oh, man, we're talking like 25 years ago yeah. prior before personal locator beacons, I'm pretty sure. Or if yeah. they were around, you had to pay a lot of money. But, oh, yeah. Um, good to know about those for sure. Uh, has there ever been a time when you and Joe are out uh, doing your investigations and uh, you just, you got freaked out. You looked at each other and we're like, oh, we're in for it now. And there's there ever been a pretty crazy uh, adventure like that that's yeah. happened to you? Or? Yeah. The, uh, those kind of moments happen. You know, we, we, for a long time, we would always pride ourselves. We would, I think that there's a video out there that I did where we were like, we're not those type of people that stuff starts going crazy. We're going to turn tail and run <laughs> until that happened, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we uh we were we've had instances where it's all right we can handle kind of like physical threat you know 
So Mm -hmm. if it's something that is scary, um, if there's like something moving through the woods and it's kind of a physical threat, we always go armed every time we go out there. So it's like, okay, if it bleeds, you can kill it, you know? (laughs) Nice. Come on, do it. (laughs) If you are dealing with like a physical threat, that's one thing. But then when we started encountering really, really terrifying supernatural disembodied kind of things that's when it starts oh, to yeah, get really yeah. really scary um i have a video on my channel where we set up camp and had a camp going and everything like that and we hear this crazy whale um but we didn't get it on camera because oh, yeah. we turned our camera and this is this is a big life life lesson for us yep. is to yep. always be filming because exactly. we turned our camera off and did not get this insane whale um, and then after that happened, you know, um, we found what looked to be symbols um, behind our tent. And then there was, a pile of, there was a pile of mud and then a handprint in the mud. And it was behind our tent. And we're like, OK, this is some. And like, of course, everybody that sees it, they're like, this is some Blair Witch stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like we were dealing with some sort of. um we were dealing with some sort of, I don't, I don't know if it was a supernatural or a witchcraft or what we were dealing with, but whatever this thing was that did this, cause something, there was mud with a handprint and all these stick symbols all the way around it. And it was right behind our tent. Like, and we're in a very, very, very remote area, very remote. There's not anybody out there hoaxing us or just randomly waiting out there for two people to be out there you know, doing paranormal investigating in the woods to show up. I mean, it's just the likelihood of that happening was absolutely nil. Oh, sure. Um, but that scared us. I mean, that absolutely oh, yeah. scared us. And we're like, we, we can't sleep here, you know. Um, I mean, would you be able to sleep in a tent after you found like handprints and symbols and stuff like that behind your no tent? No way. No, it's just the fact that like and you guys are so remote and then it's like you're not expecting to see anyone there and when you do or you see evidence of someone else that is one of the scariest things yeah i think ever um i don't even want to get into it <laughs> i'm a wuss but i totally agree with you because i've had similar uh, experiences when i was uh uh in high school in uh, western mass and it's like oh my goodness yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful. You never know what kind yeah. of weirdos you're gonna run into uh, out in the woods. I mean, usually sure. we're the weirdos. So, yeah, right. <laughs> but but I, it, that's the thing is you don't. I don't know what's going. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if these are other people or if this is mm-hmm. something else. I mean, obviously we're out there looking for weird stuff and strange occurrences and paranormal activity or anything like that. And um, it seems like sometimes we really really find it. Um, mm. And that's the thing is we, and we'll, we, we, this has happened to us a couple of times where something really scary will happen, whether it be disembodied lights or something like that. And mm. we will, you know, we're up there late, late, late at night and we've tried to camp and we're like, we can't, I, we, we can't sleep. There's no way we're going to go crawl into a tent and fall asleep right now um, because we just yeah. don't know what we're dealing with. Um, and then this is in that research area that I was telling you about that we go to every week is, it's we don't know what we're dealing with up there because we've encountered a lot of really strange stuff with there's occult activity up there. Um, we've we've found footprints that appear to be um, Sasquatch in nature. Um, we found okay. 
large canine footprints. We've heard really? insane things. We've seen disembodied lights. We've had that symbol situation happen up mm. there. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's all of these things. And it's so strange. Cause it's like, it's like almost like it's a, a potpourri of paranormal. It's like everything. Oh, you know? a, yeah, exactly. It smells great. So potpourri it's fun. But it's, it's, it's just like, it's a, it's like everything and you don't know what it is. And it's, it's, it's so there's times where we were just like, throw it all in the truck. We're getting out of here, you know? Yeah. Are right. You? Like, uh, I don't think we can be any more lucky. We, we got to get out of here. Yeah, I totally get yeah. that. I'm sure there's someone listening right now where they're like, Hey, I want an area like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, how do you, how, and I don't want you to like, don't give away anything, but how do you like stumble upon like an amazing area and you said it was like 17 like it was it's huge right yeah like, yeah how do you stumble upon like if someone's like in another state and they're like i want to find a cool area like what's so, your what's your tricks you i know? gotta yeah i got some i got some i got some tips and tricks all um, right all right so uh <laughs> one thing that we like to do is you know you can go through and you can use um you can use like the uh bfro system and get all oh, these reports sure. and things like that that's that's a that's a great starting point, sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we kind of look at non-traditional sources a lot of the time. Mm. Um, we go on to uh, bouldering forums or outdoor forums, oh, yeah. fishermen, um, hiking, anything like that. And people will offhandedly make remarks about weird things happening in the woods. Um, every now and then you'll find a post about some guy, a fisherman, who's like, yeah, I was fishing and then there was this thing staring at me from the woods and all this other oh, stuff. Weird. So going to non-traditional sources and um, kind of, kind of gleaning all the little bits and pieces of maybe possible paranormal activity yeah. is a good way to kind of find areas that maybe somebody else hasn't checked out before, because, you know, you can always Google, you know, haunted forest, blah, 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 near me or whatever. You, True. You know, and that's very, you know, everybody can do that. Um, but if you kind of dig a little deeper and you find areas that seem to have strange activity or anything like that, but nobody's looked in these non-traditional sources, then mm -hmm. you can find an area that hasn't been, you know, overly investigated or anything like that. That's um, a really good tip. Yeah. Um, and like with the land between the lakes, when we were doing research for that, we were just reading new, like we were on websites for it like news websites for it and okay. just go into the comments section and it's crazy oh, what yeah. kind of things people would say in the comments section about um weird experiences or weird encounters or anything like that because people just will just talk about it on the comments section and um so that's a good way to kind of get a little more information um and and kind of get 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 these little leads that take you in different directions that maybe somebody else wouldn't be able to take, be taken in that direction because they don't think to think in these non-traditional sources. Oh, that is so smart. And I'm going to add uh, something to, to that as well. It's pretty much the same idea, but like I've, so I've noticed I'm starting to build a presence on TikTok. I don't okay. know. If, have you ever got like, okay. So yeah, at first you want to be like, haha, TikTok is stupid people dancing or whatever, but it's, it's a crazy, um, place for niche audiences and okay. there's a crazy cryptid audience on tiktok and so like i'll make a video about bigfoot or something and like the crazy comments that will come in like 
oh, I was in Maine and like this, this Bigfoot was attacking my, and like people will be like, I got this story. And I'm like, send me an email. And like, they'll right. just send this crazy report that they've never sent to like BFRO or anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So yeah, just, you gotta be, uh, look in the places where people aren't looking. you you hit it on the head. So. And a lot of people don't thing. think to, um, you know, a lot of people don't like normal people, normal people, normal yeah, right. people yeah, exactly. don't automatically go, oh, I better report this to the BFRO, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, that's not like the thought process of normal people. They're like, okay, that was weird. You know, and they'll, they'll like, maybe try yeah, to whatever. try to reason their way through what happened or anything like that. But then they'll just mention it. And then people start talking about it. Like, yeah, I had this kind of experience there too, blah, 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 you know, mm, um, mm -hmm. and they'll confide in each other. And then you can find that in these forums. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've actually gotten a lot of really great leads from doing that. That's such a good idea. It, the other thing that was pointed out in your uh, bio is that you uh, have been involved with looking for Bigfoot in northern Georgia. Is that correct? Yes. So um, it's very interesting. So what what kind of things are you finding to do with uh with Bigfoot in Georgia. I, I've heard it's a very squatchy state once you get into it, but like what kind of things did you find? Uh, Northern Georgia is, it, it's, it's very strange because it's very, very, you know, when you think about Georgia, you don't really think about like heavily wooded or exactly. mountainous areas. Um, but we operate in North Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and upstate of South Carolina. Okay. These are, this is the Southern Appalachian region. This is, it's not, it's not as rugged as like West Virginia or something like that. But it is still a mountainous area. There's plenty of areas that are very remote. There's plenty of areas that are um, just untapped. And North Georgia is North Georgia is kind of a weird one. Um, it's it's an easy drive for us to get over to where we go and research over in North Georgia. Okay. And we found a lot of very strange prints when we mm. go over there. Um, and we've we've come across all kinds of like old settlements and stuff like that, uh, old chimneys and things like that. Um, but I, I found a four toed track uh, a couple of years ago oh, in North Georgia. And I, that was like my first casting was a four toed track in North Georgia. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like anywhere else. Um, you just, you have to find these remote areas that could sustain mm -hmm. um a Sasquatch or anything like that. Uh, so it, it, we're losing vast swaths of forest all the time. And uh, North Georgia actually has a really, really nice bunch of wildlife management areas and everything like that. So that, that kind of became one of the focuses of our research. Is there a, you kind of have like a, a research area uh, bucket list where uh, you always wish, like, it looks like you, you focus more in like the Southeast. Is there another area that you wish you could always, like, if I could travel anywhere, I'd love to go research in that area for, for Bigfoot or for Dogman or anything like that. And we focus on the Southeast cause it is a matter of, you know, we can, it's where you're at. Yeah. We, it's where we're at. And yep, it's, yep. you know, it, the, the less time we're spending traveling, uh, the more time we're, you know, working exactly and, uh, doing the research. So, um, and we're familiar with the area. We're familiar with the terrain. Uh, Joe's originally from uh, Virginia. And okay. I'm originally from North Carolina. So we're both very like familiar with the terrain and how to move through the terrain and everything like that. Um, I, I There's so much in the Appalachian region that mm. I think that it's, 
it's just got it's got endless like potential you know um there's things that we're learning every day there's things that we're discovering every day and stories and history and all this other stuff um in terms of like a bucket list of somewhere else to go check out i I don't know. Um, I mean, I would, going to the Olympic Peninsula would be really cool. That's beautiful. Um, and it's oh, just, yeah. I would love to check out like a primordial forest, you know, it's because that's basically what it looks like. Is a that's primordial it, yeah. Forest. Uh, yep. That would be wonderful. That would be amazing. Um, it would be so different from what I do here, you know, that it would be a, a really nice challenge. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, the like the whole rainforest in the Olympic Peninsula, like, check that out it's crazy you know once you realize there's rainforest in that area but it's, yeah. it's the climate for sure um a question that uh people i think enjoy uh when i ask is uh do you have um a list of like a, a favorite resource books you use for cryptozoology or any that you uh recommend besides the uh, we talked about the history of the Cherokee. Yeah, the J James Mooney's book is it is an absolute invaluable resource. Um, like that is that is probably one of my number one sources. Okay. Is anytime we're kind of talking about something or a region or anything, I have my copy. Just my copy is full of you know flags and sticky notes and everything. And like my copy of that book is is well oh, wow. loved because I use that. That's like one of my first resources. Um, you know, when it comes, there's always the, the, there's like the baseline reading that you do for everything. Like everybody's read the same books and everything like that. Um, and it, there's that, that reading list that everybody has to go through when they start doing this kind of research and you start getting interested in cryptozoology or Sasquatch or anything like that. Um, but in terms of like source material, it's, not in terms of books, not for the Appalachian region, you know, and that's what my focus is other than the history of the Cherokee. Um, and, and that's the thing is like, I do my own work. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like I, I yep. am a, I am a doer. Um, I go out and do the thing. Um, so, yeah. but I definitely recommend James Mooney's book. Um, it's absolutely invaluable. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely put that in the, the show notes. And that is the first time that book has ever been recommended. So definitely oh, yeah. will be checked out. Uh, good stuff. It Actually, has been... I will suggest. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I will suggest Ron Moorhead's book, The Quantum Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Uh, Interesting. I have uh, really been going down this uh, interdimensional Sasquatch rabbit hole lately. And really? I just, I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, so I do suggest that book. It's an interesting read. Um, I, I, anytime I, Ron Moorhead is speaking, I make sure that we can, if we can make it there, we try to go. We've seen him speak several times over the past couple of years. Okay. Um, and he's, it, he's such a fascinating individual. He's like a true adventurer. Um, and he knows what he's talking about and he's got a lot of very interesting theories and a lot of very interesting concepts that he's introducing to the, uh, Sasquatch research field he's uh he's definitely on the list i need to have a chat with him because you're right he's got so many interesting ideas and also he, and history, it's, you know? it seems like um uh, you know the older he gets he gets more uh like he just does not does not care he's like, <laughs> yeah he's like this is this is what i think if you don't like it i don't care i don't mm -hmm. care 
Um, he knows what he's seen. He knows what he's experienced. Um, and he's very sincere. He's a very sincere, knowledgeable man. Um, like I said, he's a true adventurer. He's been all over the mm. world. Um, yeah. And it, like I said, he's a doer. And that's, that's somebody that I really, really admire and look up to. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, super, super cool, cool dude from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, it has been really fun chatting with you tonight. Uh, I can't uh, next year. I'm planning on being at CryptidCon. I know you guys cool. were there last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I hope to meet you next year in person. Uh, if things keep going the way that they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, CryptidCon looks like a super, super fun time. Um, do you mind, uh, going through, uh, real quick if, uh, people are new to Hellbent Holler, what are the easiest ways that someone can keep up to date with uh, what you guys are up to and all that good stuff? So um, I update my Instagram a lot. I'm very mm -hmm. active on Instagram. It's at uh, Hellbent Jesse, uh, J-E-S-S-I. And um, it, I update that a lot. Um, so my Instagram is mostly guns, knives, Sasquatch, uh, yeah. some of our research materials, um, some things that we're kind of working on. Uh, we're working on a long-term recording uh set up right oh, now cool um it's gonna be because we do a thing called drop recorders right now where we take a recorders and we hide them and drop them and leave them for hours come back mm. for them so we're trying to work on a long-term uh recording situation with a backup battery and everything that's going to be more weatherproof so we're working on building uh we've gone through a couple iterations right now so we're working on that so i put up photos and things of that like yeah. things that we're working on i use the psionics uh full color night vision camera uh, so I just set that up with a additional IR flashlight in a new configuration that I think is going to work better for uh, more mobile evening, like night investigations using that. Mm -hmm. um, so I put stuff like up that, uh, I just, it's a lot of gear and uh, we're very, very gear heavy people. Yeah. Um, yeah it's very so interesting. It's a lot of gear and stuff like that. Uh, my YouTube channel is Hellbent Holler. Uh, everything is under Hellbent Holler that I do. Uh, but yeah, I, and I'm, hopefully getting out some more videos soon. Uh, we are constantly out in the woods and constantly doing this, but like with anything like this, it's things don't always happen. Uh, that's, I, it's one question I get. It's like, when are you putting a new video out? And I was like, well, nothing's happened. So, um, I can't, <laughs> right. you yeah. can't force it, you know? Um, uh, but I recently put out a video that was kind of interesting. There's a, did you, did you watch my latest video? I did. Yeah, it was good. Where I, I, I stepped in a couple of piles on that one. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really weird. And it's, you know, um, but I, I'm self-taught when it comes to like editing and filming and everything like that. So I, I really enjoy everybody going on this journey with me and joining us on our excursions. And uh, like, this is just, this has been probably the most important thing I've ever done with my life is do this kind of work and it, it makes me endlessly happy. So oh, I awesome. really appreciate everybody who has really supported us and watches our videos and everything like that. Um, so yeah, definitely check out my YouTube channel and uh, let me know what you think about my videos and uh, all of that. And for Pete's sake, subscribe to the channel and like stuff. And for this one too, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to this one too. It doesn't cost a thing, but Jesse, like this has been super fun. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming. You're going to get a lot of comments about me coughing constantly, but I think oh. everybody's coughing right now. Oh, bring it on people. Come oh, on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I tried to mute my mic every time. I was like, Oh my God. You're good. You're good.
yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's with Christmas and everything. Everybody is everybody or everywhere is just like coughing and has that has the cold. So, but we're all gonna get over it. And we're all gonna get back in the woods. That's for sure. All right. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and have a great rest of your night. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot bigfoot.society at bigfoot.society if you'd like to support the bigfoot society podcast and help us keep the lights on head on over to patreon.com forward slash the bigfoot society and for a low cost per month you can get your very own bigfoot society membership card in the mail we'll see you there thanks again for taking your time listening to the bigfoot society podcast we'll see you next week uh next saturday will be a new episode and also if you want to take part in the live taping of the episode and put your questions in there for the guest just remember subscribe to the bigfoot society youtube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss out on any of those episodes thanks again all and we'll see you next time The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.